1: Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of Coppin' Fracas. Your boys are back again. They call us the Bentix boys, the new, the, new, the new kids on the block. The people that are running the show now, you know? <laughs> the people that are running running the gaff now. Um, Me and my brother, Mike. How you doing?
2: All good, brother. They're giving us the keys again. Yeah. Yeah, they get, they, they're making us work the main show.
1: Bro, that was say we're, we're the main event now, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bro. every... Every show you go to, we're, we're the main event now. the slowly but surely, we're getting the you know the old heads off the cards.
2: <laughs> it's like the Undertaker. You know, an Undertaker was washed towards the back end of his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, had, they have to, You have to replace him, man. You have yeah, to replace
1: him. I mean, I'm sure the old heads will they will they will come back and reclaim their spot for you know the occasional you know show on the pay per view. But yeah. Let's let, let's get in. Let's get into it. Obviously, before we'll get into actually the main recording of the of the podcast and the main, you know, talking about the game and stuff like that. Let's um, do the your usual kind of um, advertising in terms of like just following our socials, um, following us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, you name it, we've got it. Um, also, our Patreon as well, where you can sign up for as little as three pound. Um, yeah, fantastic content as always. Like you're guaranteed at least like two or three. Um, recordings or pieces every week, you know. Um, so yeah, sign up to that if you haven't already. And yeah, let's let, let's get into it. So obviously, we played on um, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. We played Tottenham at Anfield. You know, the, the start of three home games for us. You know, which obviously our record season at home has been much better than our record away from home. So you know, hopefully, um, we can kind of you know build on that. And yeah, we played Tottenham, who come into this. Game of like in different forms, so obviously they got absolutely waxed, pammed by by Newcastle away from home. The man just Stellini got um sacked, and then Ryan Mason, you know, good old Ryan Mason is in charge, um, interim to the rest of the season. Um, that's mad by the way. I don't know, I'm <laughs> like an interim getting sacked and put another interim that's that's absolutely mad, but um, yeah, so Ryan Mason takes charge of them and they go 2 nil down against May United, but. Um, to be honest, Harry Kane just, done, just took over really and just said, No, we're not gonna lose this game. They drew 2 2 against me, United, so they come into this game kind of like in, in different form. Um, us, we what we've won two or three games in a row. Am I wrong, Mike? We come yeah, this...
2: that so the Tottenham game was our fourth win in oh, in the row. row,
1: yeah, yeah. Wow, um, so yeah, won we a little to...
2: run, but too little too late, obviously, as we discussed in the
0: chat,
1: yeah. Like, so we come to this game with a decent run, you know, cooking a little something on. On, on little heat, you know, just a little indomie or something like that. just cooking.
2: Um, <laughs> pot noodle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just the pot noodle cooking on, on five or six heat, but it's cooking. Um, so, yeah, um, we came to this game. Obviously, we thought there might be a couple of changes. Um, you know, there's been quite a little bit of a fixture pile up with um, a lot of games being like, scheduled um, closer to together. But so I think the, the two changes that we saw um, was Canate coming in for Matic and Diaz um coming in for really coming for Jota. Um Jota, yeah. So, yeah, for Jota. So yeah, those two changes were the ones made. Um I think people may might have thought maybe Nunes or Tiago might have got a start, but those were the changes that Club opted for. But yeah, how did you feel before the game in terms of the lineup and the result ultimately? You know, you Tottenham, I think when we play them, I always feel like they're a danger to us because I feel like they have probably the two two of the best finishers in the league, if not the two best finishers in the league on the counter. And obviously the way we like to play, we like to play by high lines. So I always feel like, it's not a recipe for disaster, but there's always a bit of trouble when we play them because, again, you always have those two players playing on the break. But yeah, how did you feel before this game, Like,
2: I felt when I saw the team sheet, I felt really excited. Obviously, you know, I'm all in on Luis Diaz in terms of like my stocks in him and my belief in his ability. So To see him start a game, I was excited, especially because whenever he's come on, in the last few weeks, he's looked really, really sharp. He's taking men on. He's, he's receiving the entire areas and driving. He just he's showing the signs of the play he was before his injury. So I was excited. Yeah. I was excited to see Elliot in that new in that kind of new role because I feel like I felt before the game anyway that it would it would be a role that suits him quite well given his skill set as a player. So just in yeah. general, I guess, and I also thought we were going to win the game as the final thing, right? So I was just generally excited to see a good performance, a win as well because I expected that, um, and the team was one. Apart from, maybe I would have rested, I was tempted to rest for being your I thought, but I, I can see why he started him. Apart from that, the team was, was really, really good. Oh, and
1: Elliot, Elliot came back into the lineup as well. What did
2: you think about that? Yeah, like I said, it makes sense because yeah. he's someone that the, the manager really likes, is the first thing. And also, I think his skill set on paper, at least, and again, we can talk about how it works how it in practice, but on paper, at least, his skill set suits that advanced right centre mid-roll now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and obviously we start the game like absolutely on fire. I feel like Tottenham, obviously, their confidence is absolutely rocked. And um, yeah, my boy Curtis Jones, you know, uh, I've always had the stocks, even when they're bro, were low.
2: never give up on quality, never, bro.
1: Like, that's that's why I say it now, you know, because I just feel like even when the stocks are low, I always just like some players, they're just talented, like right, and they have that ability. When you see them on the ball, he's technically good goal go past the player. Um, very good at ball carrying, pulls um, can find the pass. Obviously, his end product is not always the best, and he's just a very silky nice player. So, um, yeah, in my opinion, like sometimes quality, yes, they might people go through bad periods of confidence, and um, yeah, they can go maybe not get a game in the team, um, not get you know picked, or not have a um, like a constant run in the team. But he has the quality as he's shown, so I'm just very happy that he's able to kind of get these like run of games now and show what he can really do to this team. And yeah, he's obviously scores with a lovely ball from um, Trent, a lovely cross from Trent. He scores with his left foot, sad foot into um, into the net. Um, yeah, and just how good is it seeing Curtis in this new role? And like, what does he bring in this new role? You know, obviously because we know that he's playing a bit higher up as an eight. But what exactly do you think he brings to this team?
2: I think a lot of it is just his quality in possession, his ball retention, where he, he's able to receive it on the on the half turn in tight areas. Like he's. Really competent at just receiving it, keeping it ticking over. He's a bit like i Ronaldo in that role, in that sometimes you might watch him and you're not watching him and like you're not like in awe of him in the same way you are in awe of Trent when he gets the ball, for example. Like when Trent gets the ball, you're expecting something to happen where he, you know, where he, he passes the ball, etc. But Jones is just a really efficient, technically gifted footballer, comfortable at receiving it in between, in between the lines in tight spaces and can and, and offers quality when he gets the ball sometimes as well. He yeah. does clever things with the ball. He plays nice one twos with the ball. I think he linked up quite well with Diaz on that side in the first half and in the twi- did, especially in the first twenty five minutes. So, just a really intelligent, technically gifted footballer. And we've known this. Like we have, we have big, big stocks in him. You and I, I never gave up on him. And people were writing him off because he was basically injured. And people were saying, "Oh, this, that, other. Yeah. But we, see, I've seen Jones hit heights that a lot of midfielders in our squad haven't. Like, I've seen him the game against Porto, for example. He gets four assists, I think it is, last season. It was a really stellar performance. So we know this kid has a lot of quality. And for him, now he's getting a run in the side, he's able to showcase that more. And I think the challenge for him moving forward, even as we sign these midfielders we're going to sign, is to be a useful asset for Liverpool. Because I think if he plays the way he has been playing at the moment, there's every chance he starts next season as our number eight, as the left-sided number eight, because he, someone who comes into the club has to earn the shirt from him. And that's where I think he needs to be. So I think he needs to end the season really, really strongly and basically make someone, a new sign-in, whoever it is, McAllister, Mount, whoever it is, earn that shirt from him. Mm,
1: yeah, you make a really good point. Um, and yeah, was, I think it was David who said this, um, you know, someone, a contributor on Kef. He said that he's just one of our few midfielders that doesn't really treat the ball like a bomb. <laughs> you know, exactly. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to get rid of the ball as soon as he receives it, right? He doesn't want to like absolutely just launch it or find someone with a long diagonal as soon as he gets the ball. Um, he wants to take care of it, you know, and he wants to find the best, you know, the best person um, who's available um, with, with a pass. And yeah, like he said, with this new kind of um, role that he has, he's able to kind of play higher up, so he's able to kind of be in them, you know, um, fight like middle third, final third positions a lot more. And in that left center mid role. He's truly the only one who's comfortable doing that in this squad. Like, Thiago, for all the quality he has, he likes to play in the first, you know, third. Um, he has to play in, in the first phase. He has to play in the middle, middle third. He doesn't want to be in that final third, you know. He likes to receive the ball for centre-backs. Curtis, that's... I mean, whilst Curtis can do that, that's not really his game. He wants to be in the middle third and the final third. He um, we know he's comfortable more on the right side, not the left side of midfield. Um... God knows where Naby Keita is. Um, not even worth talking about at this moment in time. Um, and then obviously Chamberlain. There's another one. Um, I, honest, I don't know. I don't know that left hand side would suit him. It's something we could see. But Jones, at this moment in time, he's he's kind of undroppable. Which is weird to say because it's like at the beginning of the season it was kind of like you know where is he? Why is he not getting games? He's getting is he injured? But in this new left centre mid row, he's very very important to what we do. Almost as important as Trent, you, you could say.
2: I think especially because of who the alternatives are. So, like you said, yeah. the person who plays that left sided midfield role has to be comfortable receiving in advanced areas. Yeah. And I don't think Naby can he do that, possibly, but I don't think he's got first yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want I think Naby's more of like maybe middle phase, first, even first phase to be fair, player. Yeah. Um, so the the role just suits Jones' skill set so much. And I guess we're gonna go on to Elliot, but that's why I thought it would also suit Elliot. I also thought Elliot because he. I mean, I think I think Jones is, for what it's worth. I think Jones is a better talent than Elliot. Like I do, I, I have more confidence in Jones's ability to be.
1: Dude, I, I do really I do. Saying that, hmm, I don't know. Wait, Mike, I... hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I remember it was I was in the camp of Jones and um, Marco was in the camp of Elliot. Like he, Marco really likes Elliot. He yeah, Marco's an
2: Elliot it. boy. Marco's an yeah. Elliot boy. I, I don't want any. I an I, I like I, Elliot a lot. Man.
1: Exactly, what side you was on. we have to do some investigation.
2: So you're, you're saying that you was on the, on the drones, kind of... Bro, I can't remember what side I was on, but I'll tell you what
1: side I'm on
2: now. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> like, I, I can't tell you what side... I mean, we can do some digging, and I'm sure we, we, we can bring up the receipts and, and post them on Twitter if people like. But I, I, do, I do think Jones has hit higher heights than Elliot. Yeah. But Elliot's probably been a bit more consistent, maybe. And, and mm-hmm. probably... Reflected in the fact that the manager does trust Elliot a lot. But listen, we're talking about two really good talents here and two players yeah. that I like. I'm just, I'm just, I just think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I just really like what Jones is doing right now for us. And, and like I said, that that name, that, um, Odegaard oh, just scored another goal, by the way. But that, that, that role is his, basically. It's his to lose.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, the assist again is fantastic for Trent. Um, yeah, what's, what is that in terms of his assist? I think he's got six in, in, in April alone. Um, yeah
2: i think it's five is it six
1: i think it's six in april just in the month of april he's got six assists I, yeah um just in this new role again just able to kind of you know he doesn't even stay centrally as well like yeah he starts centrally but he can drift you know into the right hand channel he can drift he can if if the ball you know drops loose he can kind of go and win it i think he's, he's quite he's, he's really good at counter pressing um it's a side of his game that people don't realise, but, like, obviously at right-back, you can't really go to counter-press because you'll leave, a, you know, um, a space behind you. But, like, I've noticed when he does play that midfield, bro, if, like, you know, we lose the ball or, like, you know, um, he has to go and counter-press someone. I think he's, he's actually he's quite good at it. But, um, yeah, he's just quality on the ball shows again. Um, Diaz makes that kind of near post run, which he does for the second goal. Um, but, yeah, Diaz makes that near post run for the first goal, and then he's able to find um, Jones at that back post but yeah um Trent fantastic again um and yeah the second goal comes about I think Salah plays it into Gakpo Gakpo um crosses it into well he does really well in terms of combination play and he's able to kind of you know cross it in before it goes out of play um and Diaz I love this run by the way like when forwards make this run I just feel like yes like that's what Inside forwards, wingers, like, you can get so many goals by just making the out-to-in run, attacking the front post. You know, if a striker's vacated that area, you know, make that run into that near post and get a tap-in. Well, it's not a tap-in, but it's, it's a good finish. But, so you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we've seen Salah Mane get those goals over the years. But, like, there's certain wingers that I feel like you could add this, some add this you know, element to your game. But they just choose to maybe stay central and stay wide or stay on a touchline or just hug, you know, hug the touchline. But... A lot of wingers can just make this run and get so many goals, but it's just nice to see you know, Diaz get back into the Liverpool team and be amongst the goals. But yeah, what a lovely moment moment for Diaz, right?
2: That cameo, his performance was just so encouraging, especially in the first 25 minutes. He's so brave, he's so technically gifted, really good 1v1. And the run for that goal, the goal he scores, is a run I want to see him make more. And I think this shape allows him to do that in many ways because there are times when Jones can hold the whip for him and he can make the out-to-win run that, that I think he needs to make more. Because it was one of my criticisms of, of him last season as well. As much as as much as much I love him, that's really one thing he could have done a bit better last season at times, making an out-to-win run. But even, even last season, for example, I'm thinking of Brighton away, the Villarreal goal in, in the second leg. Like He still does make the run. Just He could easily add five or six more goals to his game if he made the yeah. run more often. So just really encouraging to see him do it and, and to score the goal. And yeah, like I think... Moving forward, he would be in my, in my first choice of front three. In fact, the front, the front three we started um, on on the weekend would be my my first choice. Like if we we're, if we're, if we're playing the Champions League final, for example, that would probably be the front 3 i you'd want to see, you know, moving forward. So so Diaz, like I said, I think one thing we've lacked in our front three is, like, the guarantee of quality. You yeah. know, we haven't had, like, Diaz available for the like, last chunks of the season, Gapo's obviously really, really good, but again, he came in January and was getting up to speed at times. Jota, yeah. uh, Jota has been out injured for large chunks of the season as well. Firmino has been in and out of the side, so really, the Salah has been the main constant in that front three. And I think moving forward, the more we have, you know, Gappo available, Jota available, Diaz available, and um, Nunes thinks to the projects and these and these time and and um, and will hopefully be a, a really big option for us moving forward. But as long as we have those plays available. I think will cause teams big problems because they just have undeniable quality.
1: Yeah, sure. And I really like that kind of, you know, that triangle of Diaz, Jones and and Gekpo. Like, at times it just felt like, even Trent as well getting involved, but, you know, just a nice combination play. Just was playing with Hoopers, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just very easy on the eye. Just nice little one touches, you know, runs off the ball. Um, and in that first, like, 20, 25 minutes, he were irresistible. Um, yeah, Romero just doesn't... Another absolute moment of madness, um, just in terms of him making a challenge that he just doesn't really need to. I don't know why he does it. Um, like, he's not as if, like, we're right in front of the goal. I know it's in the box, but it's it's it's, it's not too close to goal. I don't think, like, it's screaming. He wasn't saving, like, a, a mad... You know, he wasn't saving a goal, nothing like that. He just does a moment of madness. And, yeah, um, he does a crazy challenge on Gekpo and Salah tucks the penalty. Um, And at that point, it's it's 3-0, you know, you you think we're comfortable, you're thinking maybe like you you could could run up the scoreline in terms of it being the 6 or 7. But yeah, we just, I don't know, we kind of take our foot off the pedal. I feel like we get a bit bored, you know, Um, and we just, we stop attacking, we stop doing what we was doing and we just kind of let the game kind of meander out. And yeah, what did you think about that kind of period, you know, when we scored the third one and it just, the game kind of went a bit flat, didn't it?
2: It's one of the big football cliches, but it almost was too easy for us because yeah. Tottenham offered like in the first twenty-five minutes, they're as bad as any team has come to Anfield in our lifetimes. Literally, like they're that bad. They <laughs> offer nothing. I I tw- I texted you guys in in the chat at, at Freno. I said this could be this could be another seven because that's how bad they were in that spell. And I think for the players, they got to Freno and just thought, oh, you know what? Let's just chill for a bit." And they just got complacent. Yeah. and That's what happened. And when you get complacent. You have to remember that Spurs have quality. Like, despite how bad they've been this season, they have quality that can kill you. And they have players with a decent mentality that, like, they they, they don't want to get embarrassed again. You know, they've been embarrassed a couple of times already this season. They don't want to get embarrassed again. So, like, Harry Kane doesn't want to lose 6 0 at Anfield. So, he's going to wake up at some point. He's going to do something in the game. So, we just gave him too much encouragement. And, you know, there's a moment where Robertson loses the ball, and then Son has a chance to clear off the line. So we just we ultimately what happens is Spurs grow into the game because we get complacent and give them encouragement. And then the goal they score gives them even more encouragement, and then they they become from being really really awful, they become the better side. And yeah. it's really really weird, but I kind of I have some sympathy for our players, given that it was just one of those games that was just so easy that yeah. they just let it, naturally it happens. You let your foot off the gas. Um, and they just, you know, just chilled for a bit, basically. Again, and again, you can't do that at this level when players like Simon and Kane are around because, we, like we said, they have quality. But when you go 3-0 up and it's that easy, I, c- I can kind of see how that happens, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, I completely agree with him. In terms of that first 20-25 minutes, that's as bad as a team a team play in the Premier League this season. Like, there was just gaps. you play five at the back and there was just gaps everywhere, any kind of one-two was dragging out the centre-backs. Um felt like we could get in behind them all day. Um, and, yeah, they didn't really... Ha- I don't remember them having any kind of attacks that first 20, 25 minutes. So, yeah, they kind of come be- complacent. That Rob- that Robertson takes a bad touch, gives them kind of encouragement because you have to carry it off the line. Um, and I think the next attack is them kind of, you know, playing that channel ball into Perisic and then... Van Dijk and oh, Ndrewski. Yeah, we've got to Yeah, Van Dijk just breaks his ankles (laughs) just (laughs) (laughs) do you know what do you know what like i didn't when i was watching it i didn't think he like got twisted up or spun up i just thought like wait is this guy okay (laughs) like wait like hold on like that actually was really dangerous like wait is he like has he he, he got the wrong footwear on (laughs) because the way he dropped like
2: (laughs) has he got the right footwear on it was he badly misjudged it bro he badly misjudged it so
1: the drop was insane as like he (laughs)
2: <laughs> his arm
1: is touching the floor. His arm, his knee. It's like he's got shot. <laughs>
2: like, I've never like, seen. I've never seen a player drop like that before.
1: It was like, insane. So big as well. So like to see a big man just drop like it's literally like he got shot. And like, he got, like someone had a shotgun his leg. Um, and then so yeah, well, yeah. Actually, let's talk about. Let's talk about. Um, what what do you What do you think he done? Because I know you've got kind of your kind of. Um, account of what you think he happened to him. But like, yeah, what, how do you think he ended up in that situation? How did he
2: get there? I basically think Van Dijk is still adjusting to the fact that he's not the Van Dijk of 2019 or to even 2020, where if a ball's played down the channel and Van Dijk's racing a centre, uh, a forward or a winger, he's winning the duel in most cases. Haaland, whoever it was, he was winning the duel against most most forwards. But now he's not as quick. He looks a bit heavier on the turn. When, he, when he's chasing down a winger, when he's chasing down a loose ball down the channel, and wingers are beating him now, I talk about the moment all the time, and he hasn't been that bad on the turns in, in recent weeks, he's been a lot better, but even then, what happens, I think, is he tries to, he, he thinks he's going to get to the ball before Perisic, so he's sprinting, then he realises, oh my gosh, no I'm not, and then Perisic shifts him shifts inside and uses Van Dyke's momentum against him, so he just drops basically, um, and Van Dyke's <laughs> trying to slow down at the time where he's, he's he just misjudges it, tries to slow down too late and the just shifts, shifts him, plays the cross and, and obviously they scored a goal. But I think Van Dijk and something he needs to adapt to is the fact that he's not that he's not as quick as he was. Like, he's not slow. You know, we're not talking about, you know, Per cycle here or someone who's incredibly slow. We're talking about a player who has lost a yard and needs to adapt to that. And also, as a side, we need to adapt to that. We need to, you know, ensure that he's not isolated in 1v1 draws against quick, tricky wingers. You know, because a lot of times he might be caused problems in those jewels. Like he's not the Van Dyke of 2019, like I said. So I think for us moving forward, there needs to be more protection for him down that right hand side. I'm holding before he's very dynamic, and I like the links to regard to I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and yeah, changes. just changes. We need to understand that this is a new player. Obviously, a player still with loads of quality. You know, I'm not writing them off at all. Van Dyke is still a quality player. But he's just not the player he once was, and and that, and that happens. Age catches up with all of us. He's had an ACL injury, which is a career-altering injury, and he's getting older. So he's naturally not going to be as quick as he was. And I just think we need to understand that.
1: Yeah. So you're saying like this new Van Dijk, like he just did, he didn't need to sprint, you know, to get to get to the ball first. He doesn't need to win every single corner channel. He doesn't beat every single player like he like he used to in one v ones anymore. So
2: he's not Superman anymore. Basically, he's yeah. not like he needs At to understand point, he's not Superman
1: anymore. Most central defenders in that position would, you know, get across and just jockey or whatever and just, you know, kind of slow Perisic up so that defenders can support him. But yeah, like you said, I feel like he's not superman anymore, so he doesn't win those jewels straight away. And yeah, I feel like when he tries to slow down, that's when he drops. I, like I, I generally think he slips when he tries to slow down. I don't no, think bro, he,
2: I think he's 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 sprinting and then he's trying to slow down too late. Because okay. he tries to win the ball and then Perisic gets there before him, and then he tries to slow down at the point where Perisic gets the ball, and then he slips, and then Perisic just uses that momentum against him, and, and it looks like the memes have been very, very funny. To be fair, like the Twister meme, the Michael Jackson meme, they've been very, very funny. Yeah. So I, I listen, I'm, I'm all here for the memes. If we're gonna give Martinez and, and have the memes about him. You have gotta give as good as you can take, you know. So yeah, sure,
1: the memes are the memes are. The Drewski one killed him, man. That, oh, that...
2: too funny, too <laughs> that was, funny.
1: That was actually. The same kind and the Vince
2: post- McMahon one as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, so um what's so we go into half time, three one, um, warning signs, but you're kind of thinking, okay, you know, they'll come back out, um, and yeah, pattern it up and, and fix up, patch ourselves up. But yeah, I think the thing about football, the momentum, like it's almost like you can't stop it. Um and they kind of get a flurry of chances. So I'm thinking, okay, after some of these chances, we're gonna kind of wake up. I think Son hits the, the post um, from, I think, outside the box. You know, a nice right foot shot. Hits the post. Doesn't go in. And then the free kick, I think um, Romero hits the post as well. So, again, we're just getting warning signs. But, yeah, we just look a bit rash and just a bit shaky. Um, the defence just didn't look as assured as it once, um, as it normally does. I feel like the move, I don't I can't really blame the midfield too much in this game. I just feel like... You know when, like, a ball goes into the channel one, then maybe, like, a canate or, like, a Robertson just clears it. And then, you know, it just gives opposition hope. Instead of, like, maybe just touching it down, giving it to Addison, then we start again. Like, you're just dealing, dealing with, like, stuff that you would normally deal with. Kind of dodgy. And, like, it was just giving Tottenham hope. Do you, you know where I'm coming from there?
2: Yeah. Like, exactly and, they said.
1: Start, and then just, they pounce in it and then they get confidence from that. And they're just, they're just getting momentum and just building, like...
2: And I think we just need. To, I think one thing we need to realize is that Tottenham was still vulnerable. So we just need. I think we what we needed to do is just play the game we were playing in the in the first twenty five minutes. And that's easier said than done, of course. But just go at them. You know, yeah. just be brave like we were in the first twenty five minutes because they showed, and I think they've shown over the course of the last couple of weeks. But they can't deal with that kind of pressure and that kind of quality. But I think, like you said, once the momentum shifts in the game it becomes a bit weird because the crowd are a bit nervous, thinking, you know, if they score another goal, this game could shift. So the game enters a really weird state where we don't really know what to do. Do we manage the game and try and defend our two goals or do we try and press? And it just becomes... I think for the, the first 20, 20 minutes to the first of the second half are just a bit weird when yeah, you watch it, it back. It just feels a bit weird.
1: Yeah, and I feel like even Klopp subs, I feel like he still wanted to score some more goals because he brings on, obviously, Nunes. He brings on Jota. Um and Henry.
2: I want to ask you about this by the way. Like did, why do you think he do you think he thinks Gappo can't play 90 minutes in games? Because he always brings him off. Is it because we have options on the bench? Or like what do you what do you make of it? Because I actually but think I, I, because he has Gapo the helps ball. the helps the ball stick at times, and when we take him off, sometimes we lose that focal lose and make it stick.
1: Way. I think it's just so he wants to give people like you know like our best players are our forward players, right? And I feel like he feels, I don't feel bad for Bench Nunes, but like it's one of them ones where it's just like, okay, Nunes has to come on at some point and Joe has to come on at some point. I don't know why it's like that because I think it should depend on the game state, but like it's like he's giving them minutes no matter what the game state is. And it's just because like I get they are what we bought them for a lot of money and they are star players, but like it should really depend on the game state. Nunes is not the type of player, in my opinion, that you bring on. Um, when you're holding the lead, because like we know, he's quite erratic, he causes chaos. Um, and like obviously, he wants to run, he wants to try things on the ball, right? But then when you're um ahead, you want to kind of make the ball stick, like you said. Um, you want to take care of the ball, and that's not something we associate with, with Nunes. But um, yeah, it's just, I feel like he, he in my opinion, he's, he's trying to people please. In my opinion, that's what I feel like. So, with Robert, those I have... think
2: that the Gapo subs killed us a few yeah, times, he, gap,
1: yeah, yeah. keeping Gapper
2: keeps the ball in a way that Darwin doesn't. So Darwin comes on, and I think he's he initially plays up front for a bit, and then he moves to the left. But I'm thinking like this is this is a bit of a mad sub. If you're pushing to hold on to a lead. You do not bring Nunez on for Gapper. Like you just I don't think only it.
1: time you can bring Nunez on in that situation if you're playing them left wing and you kind of want um, like you want like a threat, you know, on the counter or whatever when you're trying to soak in pressure. But you yeah. can't play through the middle because the guy he can't press. Like he doesn't know how to press. And it's not because he's lazy, it's because he doesn't have the like he doesn't he doesn't have the um he doesn't know how to. He doesn't know where to put his energy into, he doesn't know who to press, he doesn't know the body shape, you know. Like obviously we know that he's got a lot of energy and he's quick and like of course he can press, you know, it's not a state of his athletic um, you know, condition. It's just because he doesn't know how to, he doesn't he's not trained to press yet um in the system. So I feel like he's very he's quite lax and he doesn't use his um energy in the right areas when he's pressing. Um, and, yeah, he tries things on the ball. He's quite erratic. Um, and, yeah, I just don't think it was, was, was a great sub um, at all. I thought Henderson for Elliot that made more sense because it felt like Elliot wasn't really in the game. We can talk about Elliot now, but I don't know. I just feel like every time he would get the ball, maybe he'll get, like, shrugged off or, like, he'll get closed down. Um, he just didn't really look too comfortable in the game, um, which is weird because we thought that kind of right... Maybe, like, it's a, it's a right attack and midfield, right eight position would suit him, but... He might be rusty. I'm not too sure. But I don't know that right midfield position, right, attacking midfield position didn't really suit him. Why,
2: why do you think that is, Mike? Bro, I just I just don't like... I just, I don't think Elliot and Salah on the right works.
1: Yeah, maybe. It, does.
2: Yeah. it makes us so narrow because Salah's always trying to obviously be in, in the box and, and being the most that you will know. And Elliot, whenever he receives the ball, because he's quite one-footed, he receives the ball and immediately turns inside. Yeah, right. Sometimes yeah. against a team like Spurs, you do want the pitch to be a bit big at times. Especially when you haven't got like Trent down that right hand side overlapping anymore, yeah. you know you don't want it to be so narrow. You want to make this, you know, you, there is an element of making stretching the pitch, and making the play a bit big, and we just become a bit too narrow and a bit too. I don't, I don't like the balance on the right hand side when Elliot and, and Salah played on that side, and ultimately, I don't think he didn't look that like, comfortable receiving in in advanced areas. Just I can't remember much of note he did in the game. To be honest, you know, just yeah. just it was it was really weird because I thought. You know, when the team sheet drops, I saw him in Jones as two advanced roles. I thought, yeah, that, that's that that could work, but just in practice, it just didn't work. Just it just, it just his performance was just flat. Like, I can't literally, like, I, I can't even criticize him because I can't recall anything he did. I just remember feeling at the time watching the game, yeah. he looked too narrow and I just didn't like it,
1: yeah. And I think that 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 kind of point you make about it being narrow, like, so. I think we kind of realized that that person that plays that role. Obviously, if Salah's obviously going to be amazed, Salah's obviously amazed in this team. The right side of midfielder needs to be overlapping him and almost be like you know, like a right like playing like a right winger. And like he said, when Elliot receives the ball. He always wants to you know um, play the ball inside and maybe look for that kind of you know striker or left winger. He's not really like the way he receives the ball. Unless he does like a reverse, he, he can't really find Salah, can he? Because his body shape is so. Um, weighted towards being inside and playing that ball inside. So, yeah, um, that combination player with Salah wasn't really there. And it's strange because I feel like Elliot, obviously, used to be a winger. So, you'd think that he'd be more comfortable, you know, play, hugging the touchline, But I don't know. I feel like this kind of Elliot now, he wants to kind of play in the middle and he wants to kind of maybe as like a right 10. But yeah, that kind of position that um, that player that we need maybe in a right to the mid role needs to kind of, you know, be making overlapping runs, getting beyond Salah so that Salah can, you know, be closer to the goal. Um, but yeah so it's one to watch obviously I'm not saying that it can't work but it just didn't work in this game um, do you know
2: one thing I'm surprised we haven't done is play Elliot on the left side of a midfield free
1: yeah my brother screams that every single day he always tells me why don't we play Elliot left why don't we play and I'm just like I don't know but
2: yeah, yeah like out. Jenny I'm just just to, like we're in a point in the season where realistically our ceiling is finishing fifth right in yeah. Europa League football we haven't got much to lose like so I think I obviously want to keep winning games, and I think it's important we keep winning games. But also, in doing that, try things out for like ten minutes in the game, even just see how it works. See how see how Elliot does on it, because I think Elliot will be would make us less narrow, obviously, if he plays on his natural side, on the on the left hand side. So it's something to I I definitely think it's something we should try out at least for a spell in the game, even if it's like twenty minutes in the game. Just see how it
1: goes. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. Um, I definitely agree with you, but. Yeah, obviously Tottenham, they get another goal um, through Son. Um, what, what was the Son goal like? Oh, oh yeah. Romero plays like a really good pass, actually. Um, He's got that in the locker, by the way. He's got a nice little diagonal in the locker, I think. Yeah, he, I thought he had such a terrible first half and a really good second half. Um, but yeah, he plays like a really nice um, pass into Son. Son's free in that channel and then he um puts it into the net. And then, as soon as it goes 3-2, by the way, I know that they're coming back. Like, there's just... If you know football, you know there's no stopping that momentum. Last 10 minutes, Tottenham versus Liverpool. I knew it was going to go to 3-3. Um, but, yeah, what, what did, on, during the game and, like, on commentary, obviously, watching Sky Sports, Neville was talking about how, like, Kanata was very incredibly rash and um, he just wasn't feeling the confidence and he was kind of erratic that game. What did you think of Kanata's performance? And Yeah, did you agree with Neville's kind of statements about him?
2: This is a segment that German Dan, Dan Kugs are going to be listening to very, very closely, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, they're going to be... This is that them clipping this up, listening to it. But no, I, I, to be honest with you, it wasn't Konati's best game. At but all. I also think we have to understand that this new role he's playing is... interesting, to put it mildly, for him, in terms of the responsibility he now has. Because the responsibility he now has is covering the entire right-hand side of the defence at times. Where... Yeah team's already targeted that side because Trent was there and Trent obviously isn't the best 1v1 defender as we all know. But there's even an even added incentive to target that side now because Trent is even vacating that position. Trent is literally playing like Pele P- 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 right now. He's purring, he's playing really well on the ball, he's controlling games for us, but in central areas. So Canati has been asked to cover not only the, the striker at times, but also a left winger or a left back who comes that, into that channel. And it's a lot for him. And I think he's still learning what he can and can't do in that space. And I think because Konati's at the peak of his physical powers in terms of quick, he's as he's quick as he probably will be, he's strong, all of those things. He tries to win duels sometimes in that area where he, he probably can't win because, you know, there's only so much one man can do. Yeah, And I just think for him and for us as well, we maybe need to think about Ava we of putting on Kanati in that position because I personally don't think it's sustainable for a defender. Centre back to be doing that much, and also if Kanasi comes out of the side for a spell, because we know he he can pick up a knock, are we expecting Joe Gomez or Matip or whoever we might sign to do the same thing he and can do? Because Canate, when he's on, when he's on it, like he's had some really good goals, good games in this in that role, like against Arsenal, I thought he was the best player on the pitch in the second half against Arsenal,
0: yeah. um,
2: in 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 the game at Anfield, and he had again a similar role to do in terms of covering all that space. So it can work, but I guess the question we need to ask ourselves is is this the best use of Kanate or that right side of the centre about moving forward? And how can we get a balance a bit better so Kanate has more help down that side? And I guess this might come back to the right centre mid conversation and who plays that role. So how can we ensure Kanate has more cover down that side and it just works better for everyone involved? Because right now, yes, Kanate wasn't his best on on the day, but I think also he's been asked to do so much that you can kind of understand why he has an off day against, you know, Son down that side, Perisic, players who have quality down that side caused him some problems and that happens.
1: Yeah. I I can definitely say it definitely wasn't his best game. I don't feel like he dealt with those 1v1s that you normally associate with him just dealing with quite emphatically. Um, he wasn't dealing with them as, as well. <clears throat> and it was yeah, it was just one of them them games, like he said, it's incredibly tough to just cover a whole right hand side by yourself. You know, you've got a wing back and you've got like a forward who's just venturing everywhere. So like obviously um yeah he didn't have his best game but yeah, I think we're obviously going to have to look at the system um, in terms of how can we help him. And it'll be interesting to see the system once we get an athletic right centre-mid and, and a combative DM. Because then, like, say we get a combative DM, the DM can now fill in, you know, a, it can play a bit deeper. It can maybe come back into that centre-back role and it can kind of go with that right-back role a bit more. Or, like, you know, the right centre-mid role can maybe play a bit further back and, yeah, they can help him. So um yeah it's just definitely one we have to look at in the system right now boy there's a lot of demands of him because like you said he has to cover a whole flank and he's not a fullback he's a center back at the end of the day you know he doesn't want to be in them wide areas the whole the whole game whilst he can do it he's he's not a fullback so um yeah yeah definitely one that we have to look at for sure but yeah he definitely didn't have his best game but i thought the whole to be honest like even robertson as well i thought robertson was was quite poor that game as well um he gave tottenham a lot of encouragement um With that kind of, I feel like he had a lot of loose touches, just pressing where he really shouldn't be pressing. Um, Yeah, I I just feel like he's, we know that he's obviously like a, he's he's a a bunny in terms of just having that kind of energy and just running around constantly and just, you know, being like buzzing around. But in that left center back role, I feel like there's just more, some more, like, there's more subtlety to it. And there's more, like, it's more about, you know, playing that first phase, being comfortable, and just staying solid as a trio. But like we know Robbo, he wants to run, he wants to get beyond um, what crosses in the box. But yeah, there's just a bit more subtlety to that role. So um, yeah, I think that's one to watch as well. Um, I think, again, like a new DM would help that um, as well um, in terms of filling in there if he does go forward. But yeah, I feel like Robertson, not that obviously I want to criticise him, but yeah, I feel like sometimes he does do these performances and... I feel like people have already made their mind of Robertson, right? Everyone thinks that Robertson can defend, or everyone knows that Robertson can defend. And I feel like, he, not that he gets off lightly, but like, we're, we're more, way more likely to put the blame on someone like a Van Dyke and Trent for these performances than Robertson. But Robertson does make these mistakes as well, you know?
2: He does. And I think, you know, this new role for him is interesting because a lot of stuff Robertson does at his best is play on the run. He's up and down the flank, but there's, there's a level of poise and composure and subtlety yeah. in terms of both defending and going forward. That role requires him now. So yeah. I just think at times he was receiving it in the first phase and just trying to drive with the ball. And at times it's just about picking a pass, keeping the ball, keeping it ticking over. I mean, defensively, you need to be a bit more alert in terms of because you're playing as part of a back three at times. You need to be more alert to runs in behind and sharp movement and just the little subtleties of defending he just wasn't really attuned to on day. He just had an off day. Like I think Robertson's general level defensively and going forward has been in the grand scheme of our season, not too bad, but he had an off day. Like I think a lot of people are like digging him out now and saying, oh, like, you know, Robertson's this, Robertson's that. Like, I think we go too far and people are going to start writing him off and stuff. Like I think we need to calm down. Like he's had an off day. Has he had his best season for us? Of course he hasn't, but who has? Like, you know, uh, he, just had, he had an off day. He has had some off days this season as well. I'm not denying that, but like, I wouldn't write him off. I just think, again, like with this whole system, there's an, an adaptation process. Robertson's going to, because Trent's moving in this area, Robertson has to be you know, a bit more defensive at times. All of these things are going to take time, but I think yeah. it'll be worth it in the end because I think the way Trent's playing, I think the big payoff for us is in this new system is we're getting the best out of arguably our second best player, if not our best player maybe, in Trent. So, I think it all, we all need to, like, stay calm. Let Kanate you know, figure out that position and let us figure out how we can make that position work for him. The same with Robertson. The same with even the right side of in with the order. And hopefully, with the additions we're going to make in the summer, things look a lot better. But, again, it's going to take some time and I just think we need to be patient.
1: Yeah, for sure. There'll definitely be some adaptations, you know. When you play a new formation, right, obviously, it will suit some players. But, like, some players, they're going to need to adapt. And, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and, yeah, obviously Tottenham, they get make it 3-2. And then as soon as you saw that Richarlison sub, you just knew, <sighs> there we go. You know, Richarlison coming on at Anfield, um, former Everton player, um, hasn't scored a goal, a Premier League goal um, this season. You just knew, okay, of course, this is going to be the game, right, where he gets his goal. Um, and, yeah, he does score. Um, it's got it's, got, it's just like a weird free kick because obviously I know they, they put the ball in and then like I saw I saw Nunez like doing like an overhead kick or Bro like. I was
2: so confused <laughs> about how Nunes's foot ended up near Richardson's head like I, I, when I saw the replay I was like what on earth is he how, hey, how what's that's he what doing boy, bro. that's my boy
1: that's my boy Nunes like fam like it's telling me to track your man and just make sure that you're ahead of the ball man is doing the overhead kick to try and clear the so even if your foot got to the ball are you gonna clear it with an overhead kick but yeah, it, was it was just crazy. the most
2: it was the most obvious striker defending a set piece reluctantly thing ever like he doesn't want to be there defending his own box he just wants to be you know just vibing on that left-hand channel doing his own thing like he <laughs> he had yeah he had no desire to defend that set piece properly
1: he was like you know, oh fuck, he's gone. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh shit. He's actually yeah. coming. Like yeah, he just trying to clear it with his with his foot, but doesn't get to it. Um, but Allison obviously gets gets to to it. It bounces and it goes over Allison, and you're thinking, ah, oh, like it's happened. It's three-three. We've let it, you know a no a go, goal, you know, um, goal, and yeah, it's just we're just thinking like, damn, like how have you obviously let, let Tottenham come back after being what so comfortable in a game? Like we said, almost too easy. Like it being so so easy and we've let um, Tottenham come back into the game. The momentum just, yeah, it was all in their favour. And we didn't do enough to stop it, to be honest. And, like, just making the Milner sub, like, oh, bro. That sub
2: doesn't work sometimes as well. It's one of those subs that, in theory, bring on an experienced head works, but he's the one that gives the foul away, a stupid (laughs) foul away. Like, literally, the experienced well, head passed in a bit of bother.
1: fine her. in that system. Jones is perfect in that system. Like, and he's even... He's one of the calmer ones on the ball. Like, you could argue Jones takes too long on the ball with how composed he is. But, like, he, he's fine in that system. He doesn't look like he's faltering. But he's just doing that sub. Just It's almost like, a, I don't know, like a token guest job. Oh, yeah, he's the old head. Bring him on. But Mona's has a rush to the head, makes a foul. And that's how we can see from the foul. And I love James Milner, but it was just the wrong sub to make. Another... Yeah, it just felt like it worked in their favour. Um, yeah, the wrong sub, I think I feel like for me. Um, and then yeah, the maddest thing of all Figure and whilst I'm like, you know, I feel a bit deflated by that goal, from literally from kickoff, Addison goes long. Lucas Mora, who boy, I don't know you're still alive with Lucas Mora, but you know, fair enough, still getting minutes for Tottenham in 2023. Um, yeah, he does just do a back pass. And then Jota, alert as ever, you know, as sharp as ever. Um, you know. He, he gambles on it and he gambles on a pass and it's not even it's, it's quite a hard finish to be honest on his, on his weaker foot there's an angle to it and he finishes it with, with a plump but yeah Jor- uh, talk to me about John and how sharp he's been the last two or three games after looking bro he's, you know.
2: he's just so alert in those areas in those zones and I think he's probably our only forward that can score from that angle maybe yeah. Gapo, maybe Gapo, but he's he's one I'm confident in that zone left foot he's scoring and like, it's just, a, it's very Suarez move, the one he makes, like, anticipating the mistake. Like, Suarez used to do that all the time, where he's just like, as soon as the ball's played back, he's there. He's alive. So, yeah, just really, typically, Diego drops a goal, and he's got that in him. Like, people writing him off, my, listening to myself included, I was very worried You know that the last year or so, even given the injuries, of course he's been injured, but the last year or so, his performances haven't been good. So it's really, really, really encouraging to see him looking sharper, to see him looking quicker, to see him, you know, making the runs he used to make and just finishing the way he used to finish as well. And it's a shame he might be out for the game tomorrow. I hope he's on the bench or something because he's a sort of player that if the game tomorrow is like really tight and supposing it's nil-nil, you trust him to produce a moment, to be more alert than a defender in the moment, to be more sharp than a defender in the moment. He's that sort of player that just is so sharp in his mind um, and often see something that you don't you don't see in terms of the way he moves quickly. So it's a real shame if he's not playing tomorrow. But yeah, for me, I'm just so encouraged to see him back to his best and back to the play that we all know and love. Because moving forward, and I think next season, if we are going to challenge for a title, I think Joss is the sort of player that you can imagine scoring the first goal in the game or scoring the equaliser in the game because he's just so sharp. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's a great finish. Um, for Jota and we'll see in win the game, but yeah, sorry, that was the celebration. All that, oh for- my gosh, for- all bro, that his top for- was his
2: top was off. He was standing there like thinking, Listen, I'm the man, I'm the man doing the pigeon dance. Oh my gosh,
1: it was, it was so sweet, up.
2: bro. It was so um, sweet when you know the camera panned to him as yeah. soon as he goes 4-3 and his hands on his head. I'm like, Yes, I need that, I need that.
1: Oy, you know that also called? My blood fixes what it
2: <laughs> Yeah, my blood thinks. He, what's my what's my blood
1: doing? <laughs> oy, oy, that, my man, though. Oy, that that killed me. That actually killed me, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a win, you know, it's three points at the end of the day, you know. Um either way, you can beat them seven 0 you beat them six 0 you beat them four three, it's still three points at the end of the day, and we we win. Um that's four wins in the row now. Um and yeah, what kind of under up? Um, like I said we're, we're cooking something on low heat um, probably doesn't really matter now to be honest um, the way the table's looking but at least you know um, we're giving ourselves a solid base and we're going into next season at least with, 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 with you know some confidence and a kind of formation change and just you know like I feel like these last couple of games we can really finish the season strong um, you know figure out some more things about our players like you said we can try a couple of things hopefully we give you know the likes of Curtis Jones Lewis Diaz the confidence to really start next season um, just strongly, um, and a couple of our players can hit their individual goals, you know. So, yeah, what, what do you think about the rest of the season, Mike? And just, yeah, what we could this team can really do, and, and the targets, really,
2: bro. It's like what I said on the, on the last main pod, I think I was on with Glam and Glam and Chris, I think it was on the Glam and Harold. Sorry, I just think we need to remember and rem- remind ourselves what it is to win five, six, seven games in the bounce that institutional yeah. muscle memory of winning games because ultimately. If we are where we want to be next season, we're going to need maybe one or two spells where we win maybe seven or eight games in a row. Maybe even a longer winning stretch than that, given the standards the city have set and even potentially a team like Arsenal. Who else knows? Who else could be in the mix next season? It could be another surprise top team that just kind of emerge and go on a nice little run. So we need to be on our A game. And I think part of that starts now. Part of that's remembering how to win games back-to-back and how to win different games back-to-back. Like t- t- Tottenham game... Was it a different challenge to the challenge that Fulham are going to pose and a different challenge to the challenge that Brentford are going to pose? And I think what we did at our best, you know, from the, the spell we have from 2018 to 2020, or even last season as well, is that we're able to go into different battles and still emerge victorious. And that's the skill that we're going to need in the next few weeks now, the different games we have. And I think if we are able to like emerge from this end of the season, where we've maybe won all, all of our remaining games, we won, I don't know, I don't know, that's like 10 games in a row. That's really, really positive for me moving into next season because I think the title challenge starts now. That yeah. refining the system, the muscle memory of winning again, and emerging from different battles victorious, like I said, all of that starts now. And then hopefully in the summer, you're able to enhance what we already have with bigger quality like Nugate, Mason Mount, McAllister, Bellingham, but whoever it might be. The signs we're going to make hopefully are going to improve us in the next season, we can go into it feeling confident that we ended for last season well. And listen, if we if we somehow, by some miracle, manage to finish fourth, amazing, great. If we don't, the game is the game. We move on. You know, Sunday nights, Sunday night football, Thursday night football, whatever. That's how we're gonna that's how we gonna have to have to go ahead and move forward. But just like I said, you just want to be encouraged by this new system, by winning games and just end the season strongly. That's all we can do. And also personal players like or personal targets for the players. I want Trent to get double figures for assist in the league. I want Saratov to get 20 goals in the league. Maybe Nunes gets a couple more goals. Just, like, all those things, I think, will be nice to see moving forward.
1: Yeah. I was, like you said, those I was, I was kind of, you know, personal targets. And I was looking at, you know, the attacking stats for our, our players. And one thing I was saying about this team, like, especially a club team, like, there's always goals in a club team. Like, these guys, they still have, good, like, decent numbers. For the season, like, what the season has been, like, Selo, I think he's got um, 16 goals, um, you know. Got think-
2: 17 now, bro.
1: 17 goals, and I know he's close to 30 in all comps. Um, even someone like, what, draw, I think Joe might have five this season, um, and he's barely played any games. DS has got, got, like,
2: 30... No, he's got 28 all comps, sorry. Not, I think yeah. he had 30 already. But, yeah, that's, that's mad, man.
1: Yeah. That's mad. As um, like I said, he's close to 30. Um, we know Nunes has got, I think, like, 16, 17 goals all all comps, and he's got, like, eight in the league. But, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for a crisis season, I don't know how, like, Trent... I think he's got eight assists and he didn't get an assist for the first four or five months of the season. Like, attack is something that I'm not really worried about in terms of the formation of our attack and, you know, um, just how we're able to kind of create and score goals. But like, there's always goals in the club team. Like, that's one thing I'll give him credit for. Like, his team's always, you know, they always create chances and always score goals. It's incredible.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you're going to see hopefully even more goals next season because I think Gapo, one side of his game we haven't really seen is like the ball striking and like how clean of a striker he is. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: like he scored quite a few tappings, which is encouraging for me because you want to see your the players playing as your focal point as your number nine. You want to see him score those scrappy tappings. But moving forward, I think there's every chance he could get into like he could get into like twelve to fifteen goals in the league next season. So yeah. I'm really encouraged by our attacking options next season. Even like Nunez, who I think has fallen down the pecking order, he has goals in his game. Like he might not score 25 goals next season, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nunez emerged from next season with, you know, again, 15 to 16 goals in all comps. So, that's encouraging, man. That really is encouraging. And the fact that we have that firepower, and hopefully yeah. the challenge for us is to keep them all fit next season because missing Jota and Diaz for large chunks of the season, yes, we have big problems, but missing them for so long this season was obviously always going to hurt us, man. Always.
1: Yeah, sure. Even Gap I think, what, he's got, like, maybe, like, six goals and like, 12 or 13 appearances. So... Yeah, like I said, all our attackers, you know, they're all kind of eaten in their small kind of their own little ways. But yeah, let's let's talk some transfer talk um, before we sign off. We've been linked to a couple of players in the last week or so. The Ugate links have got stronger. Um
2: oh, bro, I'm so happy about this, by the way.
1: Yeah. So, so a couple of you know, um outlets in 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 Portugal and newspapers in Portugal and radio stations in Portugal are kind of reporting that Liverpool are kind of not are ready to kind of, you know, match that kind of release clause. I think it's like fifty-two million release calls, um, yeah, and like we're kind of really looking at the player. and yeah, it's kind of the the reports are getting kind of stronger with Ugate. but yeah, are you a fan of Ugate? Um, and what do you like about him? For the full, obviously, the list is that don't know and kind of tell us what he's all about, kind of thing.
2: Big big fan, I guess. That there was that comp I was doing around earlier this week where he for the first twenty seconds is him just fouling players. He just just basically the first 20 seconds just him being a bozo for no reason just shoving players and stuff but I think ultimately if we sign Nogata we are signing a combative midfielder who is very competent on the ball and also fairly press resistant you know like I'm not saying he's bloody like Iniesta or Xavi, but he can wriggle his way out of like out out of the press in a way that maybe Fabinho might not be able to for example if Fabinho's even at his peak, wasn't the sort of player that would like just evade the press with, with with that kind of subtlety that I see the Garcia do at times. So a really well-rounded midfielder. He reminds me a lot of Mascherano, and I think that's obviously an easy comparison to make. But in terms of the combativeness as well, there's a quality in the ball. I have we Hopefully, if we do sign him, we're signing a player that can win jewels, which is something we've missing in the mid in the middle area. Um, is dynamic and cover ground, but also we're not sacrificing the quality of the ball, which I think is really, really important. And I was saying to you guys, one thing that separates City from us at times is that across the pitch, they have players who are just ultra confident on the ball. Yeah. Like, just they're able to... Like, even sometimes when we try and press City, they just play around our press sometimes because they're just... Every player is so comfortable, under pressure, that, you know, they don't mind. And I think moving forward, we need to get into a position where across the the, the 10 out of four players you know, players are just, you know, comfy on the ball, like just comfy to play under, under pressure, comfy to receive it under pressure, all of those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm really encouraged by Agarce in that sense. I just think Agarce just makes so much sense for us because I think the best number six you could possibly sign is is Casado, but it's probably not realistic given our financial budget this summer. So if you're going to sign one, Agarce seems like just the best value option on the market, so... Yeah, like I, said, I don't. I know you're all in as well. I know you have big stocks, and I think me, you, and he basically spoke this into existence because yeah, the did. links just started to emerge after all of our chats in the group chat. So I know you're a big fan. i so I'd love to hear you speak about him as well. But I'm all in, man. I'm all in.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, what? I've been hearing about him for a while. So like, <clears throat> we've been obviously we've been linked to Mateus Nunes for like a couple of seasons now. um... And a couple of midfielders in that kind of league, obviously Pelinho was in that league, um, Florent- Florentino Luis is another player in that league, um, that kind of, you know, has been linked to other clubs, but I've been hearing about Joghati, but I did not really watch him up and close until probably the, the game at Arsenal, so obviously I know they played each other in the Europa League, and in that game, this really impresses me, and people are going to say he got sent off in that game, yeah, I know he got sent off in that game, but before that, you know, he, him getting sent off, I feel like it was a really, really good performance, um, he was just super aggressive, like someone who just wants to win the ball at all times. And I feel like he dealt with, like, you know, just Shaka, um, Saka, all these kind of plays like this. Like, anytime he was getting duels with them, he wasn't kind of, you know, he wasn't shirking out of them. He was winning it. It was really comfortable with the ball. I think he took one shot. I don't know if he hit the post or, like, um, the goalkeeper made a great save or whatever. And I was just like, whoa, this guy is actually really good technically as well. Um, so, yeah, he, he really impressed me that game. Um, his, his red card was funny because he was like, he got yellow card quite early on and he was still not shirking out any tackles. He was still going for it and going for it. it was just like, yeah, this guy's going to get set off. <laughs> this guy's definitely going to get set off. Bro,
2: he commits to Jules even yeah. when he's got a yellow card in the same way he would without a yellow card. Yeah. I kind of like it but also think like it's a bit crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, like he's definitely got that kind of side to him like, you know, like that South American just bite to him and, that's what I've been told midfielders liked for so long, you know, just kind of that that player who's ready to kind of, you know, get into, you know, dive into a tackle or just win a ball or, and just be, and he's also mobile and combative um, as well. So, yeah, I like him as well. Like he said, he kind of, you can kind of rig it out of the press. He's not just this combative DM who doesn't want any business on the ball. He's really good on the ball, can find a pass, can nice dribble a bit as well. So, um, yeah, I liked him. Obviously, the only kind of, you know, um, downsides to him maybe is that kind of, you know, Klopp and the team will have to tell him to, you know, calm it down sometimes because I think he's got like, what, he's got 15 yellow cards in... That's in, that's
2: uh, insane. In the Portuguese league. So, yeah,
1: that tells you what type of player he is and just in terms of just loving, you know, a tackle. But, yeah, we know Liverpool players, right? Our type of players, they're not ones to, you know, get yellow cards necessarily. Like, you know, Fabinho's probably the one who picks up yellow cards the most, but I don't think he's even on 10 yet. So, yeah, you know, I feel like that's something... Top and kind of coach out of his game. But yeah, I, I like him. Um hopefully in it's kind of sense. Hopefully we can kind of you know get the duel over the line. I feel like that's probably would you say that's our most important position in that in, in terms of signing with someone? Bro, it's it's so would... hard
2: to say that given the the surgery we need in that midfield area. Like I just think three free midfielders of 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 top quality and undeniable quality, like no projects where it's like, oh, you, you know there's the doubt about his quality I want free players of undeniable quality I I, I don't think we could say that that's our priority I just think we need free, we need free with quality bro that's
1: you know, the reason why I say that I just feel like what we are so bad at in this team is just winning the ball back in transitions and just you know stopping counter-attacks and you know just being aggressive in that midfield and I just feel like we let that so much so in my opinion I would say that's probably what we need the most I feel like a creative eight and an eight that can get goals and an eight that can kind of link up play um, will be nice as well. But I feel like we can still get goals regardless of it. But I would say that's probably most important for me. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, other midfielders that we've been linked to, Yusuf Fofana this week, plays for uh, Monaco. Um, another combative eight, DM, um can play both roles. He featured for France to the World Cup um, this year. Um, yeah, like a, a nice tidy player, Um he obviously, he's a ball winner in my opinion. Um, he's someone that kind of you know, um, great off the ball wants to win the ball and just moves it kind of quickly. Um, I know he, did, he didn't get kind of much of the praise that um, Tishamani got because obviously he was playing next to Tushimini and Tishamani was the kind of the real star boy. Now that like, he's left, he's kind of you know, um, got his kind of come on his own and got his own um, what's it called? he got his own like adulation now. Um, Kefren T. Ram, another one that we've kind of been linked to, um, you know, uh, more this kind of you know, um, last week or so. Um, but, yeah, in terms of midfield options, Graven Birch, I know, is one that you like, Mike, as well. Um, where do you stand in terms of, like, you know, the midfielders that you want? Um, ideally, who would you pick? Um, and this kind of new formation as well, like, does that kind of, kind of change who you want? And does that kind of change, you know, how you, how you feel that, because we've been linked to, you know, plays could kind of more advanced does that kind of, you know, for you a bit more safety? But, yeah, what's your kind of general no, thoughts? Do midfield?
2: you know what it is? I think... Yeah we've been linked to so many before this is first thing it's hard to narrow it down to just three like I I have don't envy the club in that because there are so many options in the market you know like which three do you go for like Mason Mount, Barella, McAllister, Birch, Churam like these are all players I think I would be happy with you know I'd be happy with McAllister I'd be happy with Chiram, I'd be happy with Birch. so me personally I do I, I still really want Mason Mount I still think that He's a player that suits us and would do well. And I was saying to you before we recorded, I think, was obviously Odegaard scored a couple of goals for Arsenal today, that, look, I'm not saying for one second Mason Mount's as good as Odegaard. I still think Mason Mount's a really, really good player. But I could see Mason Mount doing a similar thing for us, but he is scoring 10 goals from midfield in field sim- in a similar role to Odegaard for Arsenal. So I'm all in on Mason Mount still. I think McAllister makes a lot of sense, you know, like, I was saying to you guys earlier, I don't think it's an exciting signing. In mm. that I'm not like, I wouldn't be ecstatic to sign McAllister. I think he's a good player, but he's like a cog rather than yeah. like a player that's like, he's not got like outrageous star quality. He's just a, he's a key cog in a good system, I think. And you'd someone, someone that you want to have in the team. So I'll take him for sure. Gravin Burch is one that interests me because I think his ceiling is super, super high. And I think, he might be a bit of a project maybe, so maybe I'm contradicting myself slightly here, but I think he does guarantee quality. Like, I think under the right manager, he could really explode and and show his quality. So I think those three stand out to me a lot. You know, McAllister, Gravenberg, and Mount. Also, I still haven't given up completely on Bellingham. So I know you have, but I haven't given up on it completely. So I think that one's still like, it's still there. It's still a possibility at least. So yeah, bro, there's plenty of options, plenty of options. I think to Ram, I'm not as keen as you guys are, not because of his quality, but, like, just because I think we need to sign three midfielders. And what I want to do is, what I would want to do is sign, like, one, like, in an ideal world, right, it would be able to sign, like, a marquee, there'll be a marquee signing, so, like, Bellingham, And then you'd want, like, two kind of, like, supplementary signings, not supplementary in the sense that their fees wouldn't be, like, £100 million, whatever. Um, and I, I just think, the, the fee for tram being quite like 60 million like yeah. 60 million like it's a lot basically and i think you get his skill set in graven birch and graven birch has a slightly 50 million, 50 million it? like it's, how much is this, how much is tram's fee cuz that it's 60 50 50 60 million no
1: no I, I, I didn't i didn't hear that much i thought it would be like 40 like 40 or 50 but um well if yeah. it's 40
2: now that makes a lot of sense but like i i, I do think if we're signing that kind of skill set i would rather graven birch
1: okay yeah and Tram,
2: tram's really good about it well i I would be happy with Tram, but if you if you ask me who, who my preference is if I'm looking for a guy who can carry the ball press resistant all of that stuff I'd rather grab birch so bro listen there's there's so many options man like we, we we honestly hopefully can't get this wrong I'm praying that we can't get this wrong
1: yeah um yeah grand is a, i think Graham Merch is a really interesting option because his profile i feel like his profile is very unique um in terms of just being more like six foot one six foot two um being able to carry the ball very well, being cold technically, um, and just kind of being like a box to box playmaker of that profile. You don't really see it. You know, most playmakers are kind of you know smaller, like of a smaller profile, not as strong. Um, and yeah, he's just got a very interesting profile. Like and someone yeah, I'm not gonna say he's you know the same as 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 Pogba but like I feel like he's got quite a similar profile in terms of just you know being like a almost like a box to box playmaker the same way Pogba is. Um, and whilst they're not, you know, the best defensive, they can do it. If you ask them to put Pogba to play in a pivot, you can, you know. If you ask Gravench to play in a pivot, you can, because they've almost got, like, such a wide skill set sorry, um, and such a high ceiling. But, you know, there are some, you know, concerns in terms of just that kind of work ethic and that kind of, um, you know, um, being able to maybe spot, um, you know, runners and being able to, you know, not turn off defensively. So, Graham like you say, I feel like he's a very interesting um, prospect. And I feel like his next move now is very, very, um, like, is, is very, very important. And it's very, like, um, it, it's very big, you know, where he goes. The next manager kind of plays under. Because like you said, he's got he's got very high ceiling. But yeah, um, I'm with you in terms of just like, there's so many options out there. And I just feel like, like, just please don't get this wrong. You know, we shouldn't really end up, you know, um, I don't know, having them, like, just with the wrong, wrong options and maybe having not buying a mobile midfield, you know, if you end up with, like, I don't know, for example, like, a Tillamons or, like, a Wood Prowse or, like, you know, there's, I just feel like there's so many good options, we shouldn't really end up, you know, at the end of the window feeling, like, underwhelmed or feeling like, did we really improve this summer? You know? Um, but, yeah, it's interesting to see. I feel like these links make a lot more sense now, you know, um, this new formation, because we were yeah. saying that, you know, we wasn't really linked to a lot of DMs, but, like, yeah, Mateus, even someone like Mateus Nunes, who I'm not as sold on anymore, but like Mateus Nunes... No, he wouldn't
2: fit the new shape, I don't think, Mateus Nunes. I think he would. Do you think? So where would you play? Because I don't think he's... I think he likes to come on to play and like he receives it in the middle third and carries it.
1: a sort of very similar profile to Jones. Like, very similar profile to Jones.
2: Maybe. Maybe you're right, bro. Maybe you're right.
1: Um, they like to carry the ball. They're very tidy on the... Like, you know, uh, maybe Jones is a bit better. And I think I'll trust maybe Jones a bit more in the first, first phase, but... Him and Jones, I feel like I've got quite a similar profile. Just in terms of they like to carry the ball a lot, um, and they're very tidy on the ball. They like to try things, and yeah. Um, but yeah, at, we've been linked to a lot of advanced eight, and I feel like this formation it, make, it makes a lot more sense. But yeah, I know we obviously we got a game tomorrow. Um, we're playing Fulham. It feels like the games just don't stop. It's a game at home, um, and yeah, Mike. Like, would you be looking to rotate the team? Would you keep it the same? Would um, Would you think about a Fulham game?
2: I think there has to be an element of rotation in that because we have another game on the weekend, you know, you have to be yeah. conscious of that. So you potentially might want to bring, you'd bring Henderson back in, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: The defense, I think, has to go again because I don't think there is much scope for rotation given the quality the options beyond, you know, Robertson, for example. I'm not keen on seeing time anytime soon. So I think the defense, yeah. I think the rotation needs to happen in midfield and, and in the front three. So I would actually, I, I if Jota, the news about Jota comes out today, like I would have started Jota instead of Gapo So I would mm. have started the front three of Jota, Nunez and Salah and then brought Gapo on. But given that Gapo, given that Jota's not fully fit, you probably are in a position where you might have to start the same front three or bring Nunez in for, for Diaz. But yeah, I would make a few changes rather than like wholesale changes. i bring like two or three players in. Thiago I don't think's fit to play the game. I, I, I think that's the report anyway. So, yeah. I guess your ability to make, like, big, big, changes is also inhibited by who is and isn't available. But just one or two changes in midfield. Henderson should come back in. I think, yeah, Nunes probably comes in for Diaz. And then maybe bring someone else in the midfield. I don't know who. But, yeah, I wouldn't make, like, big, big changes. What about you, bro? How would you line up? Yeah,
1: um, I kind of agree with you. Um, I think, you know, Matic might come back in, you know, considering he had a great a good game against West Ham. Do you think? Yeah, because he got, like, he got dropped... After the West Ham game, uh, it, was, obviously it was because of the players when came. But based on performance, he didn't really deserve to get dropped. I thought my tip was kind of good against West Ham. Um, so I don't know. He might he might come back in. Um, I and mean, Konate didn't have the best games against Tottenham as well. But we'll see. Um, and yeah, Nissim will definitely come back in you know, I don't think Elliot done enough to keep his place. So this will definitely come back in. I would like to rest Jones to be honest, but we don't have the profile. We
2: don't have, We don't. No one else can play that role as well as he does.
1: Yeah. So, we don't really have the profile to rest him. Um, Bro, it's Jones... funny
2: just for pure vibes. I'd play, I'd give Ox like 60 minutes. You know, I'd be tempted to give him 60 minutes. Like, cause <laughs> I can imagine him down that right hand side of the role doing that's something true. I can Imagine him that's cooking right. something,
1: yeah. That that because you know, you'd overlap seller. Um, and he's obviously comfortable in like, that kind of right mid space, so that would suit him. Um, uh, the front three, yeah. So, depending on how Diaz feels, I would go again with that front three. But, like, if it's a thing where it's like, you know, we're not sure about Diaz's fitness, then i will bring Nunes maybe off the left. I wouldn't play Nunes through the middle, um, play him off the left, maybe. But if not, I would like to keep it the same. But, you knows? obviously, I know Fulham have got a lot of injuries right now. Suspension, so Mitrovic is out um, for basically assaulting the ref for whatever he's done. Um, I know um, Pereira is obviously out injured. He's a big player for them as well. Um, I think Williams out injured. So they've got quite a few injuries. So, and it's at home. So I'm expecting the three points. So I'm expecting the win. But yeah, let's see. Let's see, really. Um, but yeah, Mike, it's been great pod- podding with you. Um, as always, you know, um,
2: always a pleasure yeah. bringing Bantics to the mainstream, bro.
1: Exactly, my bro. Exactly. But yeah, um, we'll be back probably with, uh, with a post match pod tomorrow on our Patreon. So, into that. And yeah, peace.